Our meditation for this third Sunday in Easter is on our Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 16. Hear the word of our Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered, they wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves, I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Old Testament reading, Ezekiel relates a message from God toward the shepherds. 
It is likely that by the word shepherds, our Lord means the political and religious authorities in Judah who ran most of the common man's life. By the standards of the Mosaic law, the priestly caste in Judah, the Aaronic line, ran all the sacrifices and public health services. They and the rest of the tribe of Levi were tasked with teaching the law to the people as well. Running parallel with the priesthood, God put the dynasty of David over all Hebrews as the political, military, and economic authority in the land. With this kind of power over God's people, God expected much from the kings and priests. This helps explain why the Old Testament histories don't spend much time talking about the commoner. God compares them to sheep in our passage. Sheep will either follow a shepherd or they will scatter, wandering about until they get eaten by some predator if they aren't brought back. Invariably, over the course of Judah's history, though, the people went one way or the other, either toward obeying God or rebelling against him. As went the king, so went the people. As went the people, so went the priests. If the king was an idolater like Ahaz or Manasseh, then the people would follow him into idolatry. If he was loyal to the Lord like Jotham or Hezekiah, then the people would generally follow him in serving God. Meanwhile, the priests were the very picture of democracy. They saw where the winds were blowing with the majority of people, then used their spiritual authority to enforce their will. In Ezekiel 8, God excoriates the priesthood for worshipping the sun, the stars, and other gods in the temple. Yet in the same chapter, it is shown that the people are doing the exact same thing just as the last few kings of Judah had reintroduced after Josiah's death. So the political and religious authorities in the land are rightly called shepherds. They will set the tone and the agenda and the priority and the direction for the people one way or another, and that will be towards obedience to God and right worship, or towards disobedience, idolatry, and crass sin. But how do you tell which one a particular king or priest is? How do you tell what they're going to do in regards to their office and vocation, whether the right-hand kingdom of God or the left? The answer is, where is their orientation? Which is more important to the shepherd, the sheep or the shepherd himself? If the shepherd is greedy, if he wants fresh meat and he wants the finest wool, he will fleece the flock and destroy them. If a shepherd is acting like this, God says, I am against you. You are against my sheep, you are destroying them. You are leading most of them to nowhere, allowing them to scatter and be torn apart by wild beasts. Therefore, I am against you. If, on the other hand, a shepherd is loving, 
He cares for his sheep. They are his priority. He is making sure they are healthy and fed, brought to good pasture. Then God would commend that shepherd. He's doing his job rather than enriching and fattening himself up. The Old Testament spends far more time talking about these shepherds and their role in leading the people as an evaluation of that leadership. It's a foregone conclusion that the sheep will most likely either follow whatever the shepherds are doing, allowing themselves to be slaughtered and fleeced all over the place, or they will scatter and go off in one direction or another until they die. How different do you suppose it is in the modern day? How are our political and religious authorities doing? <laughs> are they serving the Lord, or are they serving themselves? With political authorities, I'm just going to hand wave that away. It has been centuries since our people have had a ruler that lasted who actually cared about the people and put the people's interests as a priority over his own or special interests or lobbying groups, etc. and so forth. We haven't had that in forever. Almost all of our political shepherds are nearly completely worthless in God's eyes, the way that they show absolutely zero real agape love and care for the flock. Religious authorities, on the other hand, are going in the same direction as the priesthood in Judah. Whereas, at one point, the Holy Christian Church stood as a bold witness for the truth of the Holy Gospel and all of the counsel of God, where they were willing to endure awful persecutions on behalf of God's word and the witness of our Lord Jesus Christ, these days the church has decided to, like the Levitical priesthood, become an enforcer of cultural norms. They see where the winds are blowing, they see what the majority wants, and then they say, okay, we are going to do that now. I am going to preach that. I am going to go along with the world's morality, and I am going to enforce it against the faithful. Otherwise, I might lose my job. I might lose my retirement. I might lose my dental plan that I have from the higher-ups in my denomination. Clearly, as the church gets more worldly and enforces the zeitgeist upon the sheep, their priority is revealed to be themselves and not the sheep. If they did care about the sheep, we would not have seeker-sensitive churches who care more about the outsider than the faithful. We would have pastors that don't eat the fat, clothe themselves with the wool from the flock, and destroy the so-called fat ones, as Ezekiel puts it. We would have them feeding the sheep, making sure that they are hearing the word of God, they are strengthened and edified by the word. If they are sick, then the pastor would come and comfort him. If they are injured, they would bind him up and heal him. 
the strayed, they would bring him back. When was the last time a pastor heard that somebody left the church a year ago at his new call and then gives that person a phone call, seeing if they can bring them back into regular attendance? Ezekiel says, the lost you have not sought. When was the last time your pastor, or any pastor for that matter, did direct evangelism? Oh, but by all means, if we had a better pastorate, my contemporaries in the pastorate would not be ruling with what Ezekiel calls force and harshness. We've seen some unjust excommunications that do not pay attention to bylaws, that don't pay attention to the word of God, that do not care for the will of the congregation, and if a congregation would vote against the particular excommunication they want, against the man they wish to squish, well then they make sure that those people in that church cannot vote. Welcome to the 21st century. The clergy have revealed that the vast majority of them care more about themselves as shepherds than they do God's poor sheep. What is the fruit of this? Well, for one, it's difficult for pastors like myself to try to serve faithfully. We are under a lot of pressure from the world and from the other pastors to refuse questioning from the laity. To think that that clerical collar around our necks is some sort of holy symbol that says we are God's anointed over these silly, stupid sheep. To put my own paycheck, my own salary, everything above their concerns. To take vacations, to take easy weeks. There is pressure to do that from other pastors, I guarantee you. And this is not me tooting my own horn here, beloved. I admit to you that this passage terrifies me with the responsibility that is put over me, and I recognize that any time that I criticize the clergy, I'm one of the clergy. I should be careful, I should be afraid, and I want laity to hold me accountable if I am not doing my job correctly, please. Tell me if I am messing up or not serving you as I ought. But the second thing, the more powerful result, is absolute destruction. What happens when the shepherds do not do as God would have them do? The political rulers, the religious rulers, what is the fruit of that? Being replaced. Being destroyed. We cannot forget that our Lord Christ nullified the entirety of the Levitical priesthood. They opposed and hated Jesus because they rightly understood that his condemnation against them and the proclamation of the coming kingdom of God meant they were all out of a job and they cared more about themselves as shepherds than they did their sheep. It leads to destruction and replacement. God is more than willing to fire those whom he put in authority. He is happy to remove those who sinfully abuse his people, including the exile into Judah, 
including the destructions that happened against the temple in Jerusalem, including the entire replacement of the Sanhedrin, the Levitical priesthood, all of the rabbis, everything replaced by the new Israel, the church. God is happy to do this. If you are a failure as a leader, you should be afraid if you are a pastor listening to this. Lord knows I am afraid. We should rightly fear God and love the sheep. But there is a third and more painful, the most painful result of this kind of neglect and contempt from the shepherds, that of despair. God says that the sheep are scattered. They're being eaten by wild beasts. How many souls have been murdered, sent and consigned to hell on account of wicked, uncaring, contemptuous clergy? How many of them swore off of Christianity simply because their pastor at the time, when they were a believer, hated them? wouldn't give them the time of day, didn't see them suffering, or if they did see them suffering, refused to lift a finger to help them out. Oh, you need a job, that's nice, but uh, you know what, you haven't been tithing, and I didn't see you last Sunday, so why should I help you? Who do I know? Who should I care? This is, that's a worldly thing, okay? I'm a man of God. Don't ask me to help you with your silly little job, with your pathetic little loneliness problem. Uh, You can go get a woman by yourself, I'm sure. But hey... Don't forget to come here on Wednesday. We have some missionaries that are digging a well, and we need to give them our church's money. Every single one of those pastors today, like the shepherds in ancient Judah, deserves to hear that God is against them. They deserve it because they are inflicting the worst kind of despair and cynicism and anger on the sheep. These countless poor souls who just wanted somebody to show them love, teach them the word of God, rightly administer the sacraments, and reach out to them in the pain that we all go through in their lives, they have been scattered to the four winds by pastors who don't care about them. Who care about their clerical callers, they care about their sinecures and their insurance and their IRA accounts, their 401ks, far more than they care about the sheep. They care more about their theology, their high ivory tower of scholastic academics and scholarship, getting book deals, running publishing houses, everything to say, oh my goodness, I am just too intelligent to have to deal with these problems on the ground, much less do anything about them or give the laity a good direction to go. Oh no, no, no. Um, I'm going to give them feeding tubes. Lutheranism. Have them wait around until they die while I tell people how important foreign missions are. Yes, indeed. 
Any pastor out there who believes foreign missions are more important than his own home congregation, who devotes thousands of dollars every single month to people halfway across the world, but will not help people in their congregation in the slightest during our current economic downturn, they deserve to hear that God is against them. But what does God say about the sheep in this despairing situation? After all, they're scattered. Many of them are eaten by wild beasts, destroyed, murdered, castigated, going to hell. The people out there who go after foreign religions, false religions, or they apostatize, or they find themselves in egregious sin because there was no real direction, or they were fleeing bad clerical leadership. What hope is there for these sheep? Well, God says, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I'm warning all clergy that God is happy to replace you if you are not faithful to your job. And I recognize that applies to me as well. God help me. But for those who do not care, God says, you're fired. And he says, I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. Our Lord says they are mine. I will take care of them now. This is why we call our Lord Jesus the Good Shepherd. Because the religious authorities in his day did not care one whit for the people. But Christ does because they are his. We are the sheep of his fold. And he takes us to good pasture. If somebody's priest or pastor or whatever their title is does not prioritize these sheep, God is more than happy to say, fine, you have abdicated your authority. I'm replacing you with me. I am going to take care of them. I will be their shepherd. Hope for the sheep comes in understanding that ultimately the religious and economic and political authority over them is our Lord God himself. He is the one that promises he will feed you. He will strengthen you. He will bring you into safety. He will care for your soul. If you are surrounded by clergy that are evil, that do not care at all about you, or hold you in contempt with open hostility, then our Lord God says, Hold on to me. Cling to me. Inevitably, worldly leaders and leaders in the right-hand kingdom will fail and disappoint and wound you. They are sinners, after all, some much more than others. But our Lord God will never fail you. Our Lord Jesus, who went to the cross for you, unlike any other religious figure in history, he will be your shepherd. He will care for you the way that they do not and will not. He will show you the love and care that you need. And if he puts a godly pastor over you, he will bring one to you. He'll bring you to a man who serves God with his whole heart. And if not, he may be telling you that it's high time you started a house church. 
You see that there are no shepherds around you that care about you rightly. Maybe God is telling you it is time for you, beloved, to show that love to others. If in God's eyes the religious authorities have abdicated their own power, if they have told God, fine, replace me, I don't care, I just want my retirement, I just want my nice salary and my dinner parties, then God can say, all right, you, little sheep, take care of these others. Go set up a home congregation of your own where you and these other little sheepies will be cared for. I invite everybody that's listening to ask themselves whether that is what our Lord God is calling them to do. All eligible men who can become lay leaders and deacons to say, these men have failed me, but God is pulling on my heart telling me that I can serve in a way that I will not fail others who are in need. Let us learn from the mistakes of selfish shepherds. Cling to our Lord in his care, and then turn around to care for others ourselves. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.